This is episode number 152, The Importance of Patience and Networking, with Steve Blanchard. Welcome, my name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Outs Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your false potential. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to make a few brief announcements regarding our upcoming event and weekly conversations called Courageous Conversations. The first announcement that I would like to make is invite all of our listeners to our weekly call, which we started 9 to 10 weeks ago, called Courageous Conversations. This is a weekly call that we started 9 to 10 weeks ago, where we come together as a community and discuss a topic that matters most in our lives. If you would like to know more details about how to join any of these upcoming calls, go ahead and send us a message through our website, to which we respond with all the details about how you can join any of these upcoming calls, which are hosted on Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time. The second announcement that I'd like to make is invite all of our listeners to our upcoming event called Survive to Thrive, Your Past Doesn't Determine Your Future. This is an experience where you'll hear stories from three different speakers from all over the country that will be talking on topics related to facing your fears, reinforcing your potential, and breaking your bias. If you are looking to connect to other members within this particular community, go ahead and register today at overcomingodds.today forward slash survive to thrive. Now, let's get back to the show. Steve. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Oleg. Thank you Thank for having you. me. Absolutely. Thank you for taking a chance to connect with me prior to it. And as I mentioned to you earlier, I think if we gave it the time, we probably could have had a conversation well into midnight, maybe even 2 a.m., <laughs> yep. knowing how we connected. And that's one of the things that I genuinely look forward to in just connecting with people is that once you know, you know. Right. Um, yeah. And I think people bring that out in a really fascinating fashion sometimes. Absolutely. You know, I, I, think, I think sometimes when you're in a, in a networking opportunity um, and, and just talking to the individuals that you talk to, and I, you probably talk to people, a lot more individuals in the networking space than I do, um, but I probably have about five to seven one-on-ones per week for my business and to get my story out. It's just, you can immediately identify who you can connect with on a level of just personal foundational aspects of their life, but what they also bring from a professional aspect. And, and, um, then you can kind of weed out the ones that, that don't. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I think we immediately, we immediately, uh, realized that we were a good connection for each other. And I appreciate, I appreciate you, uh, being a part of my network. Mm -hmm. No, I appreciate you doing that. And the other thing that I think it's interesting to point out, and it's kind of in regard to the conversation you and I were going to have for this particular episode, and that's in regard to patience. I think there's so many different phases, I feel like, of networking that I've gone through in my life. 
that I finally get it, how patience plays a role and actually what patience looks like in any conversation. One of the things that I've learned throughout my time of connecting with people is the importance of going into conversations without assumptions or expectations and really choosing to be patient in the moment and creating a space for whatever's going to come from it. In my opinion, I think that's a foreign language sometimes or something that we're not taught. I'll, I'll put it this way. I wasn't taught that. I was told, go in, three things you want out of it, get in, get out. Right. And in reality, it's like true connection, I don't think happens like that. Yeah, you know, I think it, I think it definitely takes time. I mean, I was, I think what really works against me or what worked against me in a younger career path when I was, you know, I started in sales and, and you know, I, I, I kind of, I hate the word sales, right? I, it's just, it's a, it, there's a negative connotation surrounding sales. I never view myself as a salesperson, but someone that's trying to help someone else mm -hmm. in either a product in or service, whether it was in business to consumer when I, I started at a young age in B2C sales to um, the B2P uh, consultation, which is what I've been doing for roughly 10 years now, um, just in different industries. Um, yeah, I, I think at a young age, it was more of, you know, time is so valuable, right? To get to the next thing. And you're so competitive. And at least for me, I was very competitive and I had a high ceiling or high expectation for myself. So instead of viewing that other individual and reevaluating the importance of them or their process, I was looking at it more of kind of more of a selfish type of thing, right? You know, like if I sold myself to this standard, then that person should be at the same standard. And that actually works against you with patients, right? Because you might be working at this speed, this person might be working at this speed and that can conflict. And um, you know, I, didn't, I didn't identify that to just a few years ago. So I think it's very important to go in with setting your, okay, identifying the person you're talking with and then really saying, is this person going to be that quick person or is this person going to take some time and how do you nurture that time in order to mentally stay level headed and uh, stay grounded throughout that mm -hmm. process? Who do you think set that standard for you to begin with when you were that young kid? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I think it was a multitude of just, just being raised in two different aspects. I had my mother who was in sales who had a high level of expectation for myself and always kind of pumped in, oh, you're going to be great. You're going to do all these great things. And, and just hearing that and continuing to be bumped, bumped up that way, I think uh, there, there's a level of that aspect that, that came to that, that thought process of what molded my mindset to that. And then my father was a really hard worker, completely opposite side of the spectrum, warehouse worker, still works at the same warehouse since I was born and raised of over 20 to 30 years, blue collar, you know, doing, um, you know, he, he works for a distribution center for a grocery store up here, which is Hannaford Brothers. And, and uh, he works six, seven days a week sometimes, you know, and he works from 8 a.m. to six o'clock at night. And then he would go out and spend two or three hours either helping someone um, with, with uh, some housing things such as roofing or maybe fixing a car. And that work. so I, I think it was a blend of work ethic that I saw with my father to, um, my mom just almost blowing up my head in a sense of these, these huge aspirations for myself. And 
I think that's where it kind of came into place. Is is that's that's probably where where it uh where it grew legs in my mm-hmm. mind. So. I find it fascinating how just not even the early years, but all the years after the people that come into your life and the impact that they have yep. and the influence. And sometimes what I've learned in regard to impact in general is it doesn't have to be this glamorized way of completely changing your perspective. Some people literally just have come into my life, said one sentence that still sticks out to this date. And it has become like a principle of mine that I live yeah. by. And it's interesting. And I think it goes back to the point that you and I made at the beginning, the importance of just creating an open space and not boxing people in as far as, okay, Steve can only add value in X, Y, and Z way. And that's it. No other way can he be of value to me. But I think that's, um, I think that's a developed skill. It, it, it for sure is. You know, I, in such a different mindset, <clears throat> just by the experiences that I've gone through in about the, what has it been, 14 years of being in, in just general sales. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, I'm in a much different state of where I am in terms of experience and understanding that than what I was a year or two into it. So it definitely develops over time. And for me, and I think it develops in different ways for other individuals, but I think the the most powerful way it develops in a quicker pace is just the nature of the need, right? You know, I think where it really honed in for me to truly understand and really get to know the other individual and understand their process and where patience came into play based on understanding the other person was when I, um, when I got promoted to senior leadership in a fortune 500 company, because now it was no longer about myself. Right? Mm-hmm. I had responsibilities that impacted seven other individuals and in their livelihoods on a day-to-day basis. So you, there was a lot of self-reflection and self-evaluation and be honest with you the first couple of months as being a manager i was horrible (laughs) i was i was a terrible manager um and uh, i i felt the pain based on my other sales reps and and truly just feeling it from them right it was it was it was painful to me because all i wanted to do was help so um i think a huge aspect of that for me and growth and developing patience is self-reflection self-evaluation and understanding, hey, what is going wrong? Why is there a disconnect here? And um, I, I think that's where kind of patience went hand in hand because I needed to learn their process mm-hmm. to understand. And I think patience correlated with that. Mm-hmm. A couple of things that I wanted to kind of dive into, the thing in regard to sales that you mentioned, I wholeheartedly agree with you that it carries a negative connotation with it. And I've been curious actually for quite some time, where does that come from? What has your experience been or what do you think as far as why does sales carry that? And now it's to a degree where I'm actually seeing even people within my family sometimes that will literally mute the TV (laughs) during commercial break because they don't like the feeling of being sold to. I think where it came from is just, um, I think the sales field, there's too many salespeople. You know, I, I, I focus on two different aspects of, of sales. You have a person that's truly out there to help 
Mm-hmm. And then you have someone that is a self-centered, egotistical individual that's there for their paycheck and will do anything possible in order to get a sale. It has nothing to do with you as the individual. It has everything to do with them and how it's going to mm-hmm. impact them. Too many of those individuals and too many negative reactions stick easier in the minds of individuals than those that are willing to help because it comes across as so natural. Mm-hmm. So I think people remember the bad more than they remember the good. They remember mm-hmm. the painful more than they remember the, hey, that guy was great. And uh, I think more so, especially in in the early days, right? Mm -hmm. If you kind of go back and you really peel back the onion, how would would corporate America or just general sales jobs train their people to do the job effectively? Mm -hmm. It was the old school mentalities of you have to call a client three or five times. You have to stand within six feet of the, the individual. These are things that were actually trained for me when I first started. Um, And I started in 2006, 2007, right? So just think of how far back that goes, right? And I think over time, as these individuals are trained from that, customers have bad experience and that creates that sense of, I don't want to be sold. So first you train that field in that aspect, then they execute on that training and then it turns people off and then it creates that perception to the point where a lot of corporations are actually fully filtering out sales as the job description, right? You don't see mm. sales rep or outside sales consultant any, anymore, right? Go through LinkedIn and see how many people are called business development managers, or I'm called an account executive. Mm-hmm. Why is that? It's because corporations are starting to try to bleed that past out because it's just not working anymore. And it's in, and, and that whole word is starting to just bleed out as a whole. Mm-hmm. I think there's also so much that has to do with the script. And, and I, I mean, I've been in many of those situations where here's your one to two page script and you can't go outside of it. So it's everything becomes, it's literally a robot in a way. Hi, how are you? Wait 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. I'm doing well. <laughs> and then you just keep, keep going with it. And Sales has been a really interesting thing for me to learn because I think in order for it to, in my opinion, in order for it to work effectively, it's got to come from the heart because you're going to be put in situations where you literally can't script and answer it. That's genuine enough because every single person's circumstance is going to be different. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can think of a ride along I did in my previous life. Um, where someone said, what's your elevator pitch? And I was so confused because I've never used an elevator pitch in my life. Maybe mm-hmm. I use specific discovery questions in order to identify how to help, right? And maybe there's, but that's not a script to me. That's just a general flow of process to help me understand the individual I'm talking to, right? Mm-hmm. Not a script, but a 30 second elevator pitch? <laughs> I mean, come on. I, everybody is different. Whether you're talking, you know, every individual is different. Every business owner is different. So to say the same thing, regardless of the person you talk to, makes no philosophical sense to me and how you can provide value to the opposite person. So why are people training on this aspect? Doesn't make Mm -hmm. sense. You know, there's a genuinity to actually being in a, a successful person of business to help someone else and being a consultant. You know, someone has to feel that you're there to help them. Someone has to feel that you have their back and you're 
you have a genuine helping mentality. And if you're not in the field for that reason, you're probably in the field for the wrong reasons, or it's just not a natural fit for you because the good reps have a tendency to truly understand how to effectively help those individuals with the product or service that they're with. Mm. Did you ever travel the path where it was just all about you? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, you know, I, th I think a lot of people, I wouldn't say a lot of people. I don't, you know, I don't want to wrap everybody into, in, into the same bubble, but I think there's probably a fair amount of people that, that can get into that individualized bubble, but based on the environment or situation they're in. Right. First it was, you know, I got, I got kicked out of my house at a, at a age of 21 after I graduated college. So for me, it was, uh, me going through a process of getting to the next level quicker which again, where patience comes in, why I struggled with it, was important because of the necessity I had to get there. You know, living with friends and sleeping on individuals' couches and figuring out where I was going to live next temporarily, that was scary. <laughs> that, was a, that was a scary feeling. And, um, you know, especially for someone who had a college degree. And, and good thing is, is I, I, I got back on my feet fairly quickly, but I, that, that scare tactic to me, where I'm living on someone else's couch and don't have the, the, you know, the prospect of having the flexibility of doing whatever I wanted to do on my own. I think that scared me straight to think individualized early on in my career. Um, mm -hmm. Over time, once I had the comforts of, you know, being in a position like living in a house now with a wife and a dog and all that stuff, it allows me to refine my approach to think differently because I, I have those outlets. So I think environment can really impact individualized thought process um because there's a sense of need for some individual mm -hmm. and i think that always has to be taken into effect when you're discovering that with somebody else mm -hmm. is is the needs and, and the certain environment that they're in you need to understand what environment are they in to that's going to impact their either general processes of business or decision making processes or how they're talking to you as a whole mm-hmm I was just having a conversation like this earlier, actually, in regard to understanding each other's language and the importance of speaking, not maybe the same, but similar language. Yep. And the per person, I don't remember how she phrased it. It was really profound. She said, it's difficult to know the language that you, you want to speak, especially in points of trauma, right? And I think it's one of those things where it's like, you, in my opinion, I'm going to speak the language and it's the only one that I know in that moment. And so reframing and developing those high level, higher levels of awareness, but also when it comes to whatever the job, whatever the role, whatever the mission of that person is and who you're communicating with, it's understanding their background, where they're coming from, what's the fear that they're experiencing right now? What is that obstacle that's in front of them that they're trying to break through that you might be able to help them? So it's not so much about five or 10 or 50 years down the road, but it's in the moment, in the current minute, what can you do to impact that person? And I think that boils down to everything that you and I discussed during this particular conversation. And that's the ability to be open-minded enough so you can allow other questions to come into your perspective and say, Hey, I'm going to go outside script, but that's what's needed is yeah. I have to go deep into the personal elements. 
you know, let's put a, put aside the business, put aside the product, put aside the service, but let's go to where your attention actually is right now. And you think of the current environment we, we're in, right? And you want to be a good consultant to, let's say, business owners, right? Because that's kind of what I do currently. Mm -hmm. Sometimes patient is the best tool to have right now with the current pandemic we're in because people are feeling extreme and immense pain because of financial constraints they have because revenue isn't funneling at a normalized process for a small and medium business. Mm -hmm. That's difficult, right? Because you get paid on people paying for your services or product. So it completely conflicts against how you make your day-to-day -day life, um, you know, uh, revenue and general streams of income because you're trying to do the right thing. And I think for the individuals that are out there that are pure business consultants like myself, it's really hard right now. It's mm -hmm. really hard because we are constantly in conflict of doing the right thing and making sure that we're patient to the aspect of we are also hurting ourselves by being that way because we are so sensitive to the situation at hand. Mm -hmm. So it's just one of those things that you think about is, is it, it is a really good tool to have because once things go back to normal and they will go back to normal, I think those individuals that stand on that plateau are gonna be in a much different setting than those that become frantic and become so individualized in their thought process because they're so it's in a, such a tough spot that I think it's going to resonate with those business owners to know that the individual that was comforting, the individual that was really just there for them and doing everything they can to keep it top of mind, but also not enough where it's aggressive, where they, they, they just understand because they were good listeners. Right. And that's a huge aspect of consultation is listening to the other person. Mm -hmm. um, I think those people will stand out better than others. And, um, and it's hard right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's easy because it is, it, you are battling a battle internally almost. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing personally right now as far as maintaining that belief that, hey, as long as I stay in the, in the game or whatever it is in life in general, then I'm going to make it through. Yeah. Well, I've, I've been a battler since I was young. You know, I, uh, I've had, it doesn't feel like things come easy to the experience that I've had in the business world and, um, <laughs> you know, starting, it just feels that way. I can you know, relate. I, That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, it's, you know, I, I start a new, my first ever B2B job, um, was a, uh, car warranty company. And uh, I was the first rep ever hired in upstate New York. No reps ever previous to my existence there. I had to build my own brand of a company that I worked for in a Fortune 500 field, along with building a, a book of business, which I had no experience in the automotive space of having. And my regional manager was three months my senior. So who am I supposed to lean on in order to see success? And that was a battle. <laughs> that mm -hmm. was a, that was a battle for me to go through. And you know what? I came out on top and I, I, you know, I was president's club award winner in 2016, got promoted um, to a regional manager and, and, and battled through it, you know? And I think that experience allows me to be perseverant in this current environment because I've experienced, I think even more so a painful process that was that previous life. I have more resources today in my current job. I, 
the, the company I work for is just a just has such a great culture and their people and really caring and, and truly caring about the individuals that work for them that I feel like I'm in a better environment, which allows me to push that much harder mm-hmm. and, and allows me to stay positive in a really tough time. So for me, it's just, you know, those, that environmental aspect allows me to stay positive and allows me to work harder, which is also an aspect of how to stay stay positive is just you got to put a little extra effort into this thing you know and 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 really push yourself on days where you don't want to push yourselves because it's really easy to just sit back especially in a remote session and go you know what i'm not working today it's it's time to turn on the call of duty and 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 play video games you know Mm -hmm. or or you know do uh some netflix and chill you know i mean that that's just you can't do that right now you know and in our world You, you you really have to push and and really allow yourself to understand that you're feeling progression in an environment that is hard to feel progression in. And that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of how I've, I've been handling this whole thing. Mm-hmm. I also think that the structure, at least my experience has been, is I truly forget what day it is sometimes <laughs> because it, it blends in so much. Monday goes into a Tuesday, Friday goes into a Saturday. And it's because there is no structure kind of outside of the world that prior to COVID-19 we used to have. Monday through Friday, everyone was active. Now it's the same activity is seen on a Saturday and Sunday than it is on a Monday and Tuesday. Right. And so I, I think it's, I think there are things to be learned from everything that we are going through without a doubt. And in regard to, COVID-19 and whatever else that's happening right now, it's really choosing to, I think, also understand that, yes, there is, um, there might be a desire to have whatever normal we want to aspire for, but it, I also think we've learned a lot through this time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I look at work and how certain things that I thought I needed to do such as meet with people in person for X, Y, and Z, when in reality, some of those meetings could have happened over Zoom. Right. But I just didn't believe in the platform enough to understand that, hey, I can actually utilize that to my advantage to help me move through the day. But now this is all we have. This is all we have to learn. And kind of, it, it's an interesting time for me to be alive because if, if this is the time that I'm given to learn it, then absolutely I'm going to utilize this when we can't see people in person. Yeah. I mean, um, I think flexibility of your process is what this whole environment has created. I think uh, I was an in-person individual as well. Mm-hmm. I hated speaking over the phone. I hated sending emails. I just not, and you still got to do that, you know, now and, and now and then, I mean, I'm not going to discredit those processes, but I would be the type of individual that would get my car and drive to where I had to go to get in that conversation, get in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and even have some, some clients of mine sit there and go, man, no one does this anymore. I'm like, what? I was like, really? Um, <laughs> so that was my reaction. So, uh, because it just came so natural, but it, it forces you to get out of your, uh, comfort zone of, of process. And, and, uh, what's great about this environment is, um, it allows you to enhance what you might already think is a good process. 
-hmm. Maybe it's a bad process. You don't know. I mean, I mean, for me, I was pretty comfortable and confident in, in what I was doing. And I'm sure you were too. Mm -hmm. And it just, to me, this just adds an additional layer of maybe I can get to more people this way, or maybe mm -hmm. I can talk to more individuals this way. And, and that's, that's really been the great aspect of it. Not only that, but, you know, networking with people has become much easier mm -hmm. because of the amount of time that people have um, to do it. And mm -hmm. uh, building that network is, it almost seems like it's added velocity to that, um, mm -hmm. which is going to be a great asset when we come out of this thing and, and a sense of normalcy is created. Mm -hmm. I also think in regard to networking with having the common themes that we're going through right now, not only as a country as a world, it's a good common ground between because part of networking part, at least my experience has been is the time getting past the small talk, getting past the surface level and actually getting into deeper conversations. And I think in this case, when it comes to, coronavirus or everything that we're experiencing in regard to injustice, inequality. Um, these are all deep topics. Like it's, it's actually, it's somewhat hard to have a surface level conversation around them. You either don't engage or if you engage, you're going deep into it. Right. Right. And I, I think this, this has been a good outlet to learn. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think uh, I, I look at some networking events with the recent Black Lives Matter, you know, push and, and some of the other um, aspects of, of just social environment, social injustice type of topics that, that are beneficial. I mean, geez, I come from an environment that upstate New York is like 98, 99% white and mm -hmm. there, there's very, very low diversity in where we're at. My percentages are probably way off, but they're probably, I don't know. Uh, there's not too many people that that have a diverse background where I live. So my, honestly, my previous thought process about everything that was going on was to shy away from it just because I didn't have any, I didn't understand, you know, I didn't under fully, you know, take the, and, and that's my fault. That's my fault for not taking the time to understand. But, you know, that's another good thing with networking is this allows you to understand. This allows you to, okay, now I can sit back and truly, you know, realize why this is so important to truly dig into and and have a voice uh where you know the voices that are immediately impacted feel either irrelevant because nothing's happened in the past and and uh or just you know just non-responsive because it's not in the priority list of individuals that would make a big difference so mm -hmm. i think that the size of the message is whether it's current or previous have gotten larger and i think the sense of community has been built around it because of the aspect of, of networking. I, I think mm -hmm. networking can have a bigger aspect of that. Mm -hmm. And I think in regard to the voices part as well, what I'm choosing, what I'm beginning to actively understand is that everyone's right. You and I can look at the same bottle or whatever the object may be and have two very different perspectives, but it doesn't make you wrong and it doesn't make me right. Right. And I think in this case as well, the way that we choose to interpret the different events and develop their perspectives out of it. It's like, who am I to say that you're wrong and I'm right? I can only see it through the lens that I'm seeing it based on whatever experiences and how I process those experiences from my past yep. leading up to this particular moment. And so I just, I just think that when it comes to compassion and kindness, if there's anything that I wish more of, it is that it's just, 
being able to understand people and give them the opportunity to be understood, not judge for whatever you didn't know prior to it, but rather maybe help expand, help ask a question through which you can reflect and look at your life in the way that, oh, maybe I didn't see things that way. Well, now I know, and maybe I can act differently. Maybe I can not only educate myself, but those surrounding me in my immediate network and circles. Yeah, and having the open mind of doing that is important. I mean, mm -hmm. you need to, if, if you are close-minded to the aspects of, of what's being talked about right now, why is that? And dig mm -hmm. into the why. Then maybe that closed-minded thought process can slightly open up. Is once you can create an open mindset to really anything, right? An open mindset isn't to a specific topic. It's really kind of a, a way of life, you know, mm -hmm. to, to make yourself self-improve. I mean, self-improvement is a huge aspect of who I am and what I do. But I need to have an open mind in order to have a sense of self-improvement or I would never achieve that goal. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's just, um, I, I, I wish and I hope that the individuals that have closed-minded aspects to their daily lives can self-reflect and realize that that is a, a self-flaw in their day-to-day -day and, and start opening up just a, a tad bit to just generally learn and, and, and truly educate themselves on, on the important to the unimportant. Mm -hmm. On the topic of being open-minded, what is the best way that people can connect with you and learn more about what you're doing, possible ways that they can support you or just explore whatever's possible. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, a, a good way, a good way to connect with me is, is LinkedIn. I mean, LinkedIn is a, a, a platform that I've, I've really gotten hot and heavy in and is a part of almost not just my professional process, but even a personal process when I'm sitting down and watching TV and, finally doing Netflix and chill when I can do it, you know, and it's just, it's, you know, it's, but I'll still check LinkedIn, you know, so if anybody, um, I'm a type of networker that loves to talk to anybody and everybody. I, it's, it's not, I don't shy away from, well, this person is business to consumer or this one's not going to impact my business in a proper way. I mean, because you don't know who knows who, and yes. you can also get into a really good conversation with somebody um, and just learn. I mean, I've learned so much and maybe it didn't impact my business in an extremely positive way for a 30 minute or an hour conversation, but boy, did I learn something that I never knew about. And, uh, <laughs> what a, what a great, what a great way to, to self-improve and, and go to that open mindset. Right. So for me, it's, it's connecting on LinkedIn, sending me a message and, and, uh, let's get the conversation started. Let's figure out a time to have a one-on-one -on -one and, do a Zoom session or a Microsoft Teams session and or whatever, go to meeting with Google, Google Meet, whatever, <laughs> whatever there are. There's a ton of them out there now. And um, let's let's learn. Let's learn mm -hmm. about each other because at the end of the day, if I can connect with as many people as possible, there's gonna be like-minded individuals. And I have a natural sense of helping you. That's just who I am. And it seems to create an environment where the opposite person goes, wow, he's, he's trying to really figure out how to help me. And it correlates in a way that they want to do just as much for me as I want to do for them. And it creates a really healthy environment. So that's, that's my process. Mm -hmm. And I think to that point, 
in my opinion, everyone we meet knows something we don't. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe to our future episodes so you can receive all of the latest content. Also, if you like what you heard, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can hear these inspiring stories. Once again, we thank you for listening and we'll look forward to having you next week.